And so it begins. No one knows its secrets. It's like nothing you've ever gone after before. You make me want to be a better man. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Watching the Right Movies with the Rinkowski Brothers, a podcast for people that are trying to expand their theater taste. I'm Ben, and this is my brother, Nick. Hey, Benny. How's it going? It's pretty good. So have you been watching The Last Dance, Nick? I have been obsessively watching The Last Dance. I have been shocked at how quickly it brought back middle school uh, passion um, in me. You know, I thought I had gotten, as you know, I was obsessed with Michael Jordan and the, and the 90s Bulls and really just Michael Jordan. Uh, uh, but I thought I had, had moved on. And I have not. I am now re-obsessed <laughs> with Michael Jordan. Have you been watching it? Yeah. Well, I think the world is re-obsessed because we got there's no other sport. I mean, it was it was supposed to come out in June, right? And they moved it up because they're right. like, well, there's no sports. So he's been released this 10-part documentary, essentially, of the entire Chicago Bulls dynasty. But Correct. You know, it's starting and working back from their last championship. Uh, I haven't gotten to watch it yet. I do want to just because I do just – I mean, I don't know if you remember – I actually did, didn't like Michael Jordan for the only reason because everyone in the world loved Michael yeah, Jordan. Yeah, you I mean, were contrarian. Not, yes, exactly. I was. Li- I knew I was going to be contrarian because everyone loved Michael Jordan. I mean, I think I don't think people understand. If people are not old enough to remember Michael Jordan, and our kids won't. I just don't know if it'll ever happen again. Everybody loved Michael Jordan. The <laughs> like, uh, like we can uh, argue uh, if. LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan, but it is not even a contest in who was the bigger star and who was more beloved. It was definitely Michael Jordan. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, and I wasn't, you know, I was not sports obsessed uh, or really even all that sports sophisticated. Uh, there were certainly 10-year-olds who knew more about basketball than I did. I, but the story, the, the myth is so easy to – grab onto and the fact that he at least when i was paying attention just never failed i mean i know obviously the, the, bat, the baseball thing but it, it yeah. and that's why it works so well as a documentary now because it, that story is so durable i mean it's it's like the beatles it's it's short enough there are villains and heroes uh, but it it comes down to excellence at every turn, and that's what Michael Jordan is, which has led my wife, who I was surprised wanted to watch it, uh, but it, and even more surprised that she's obsessed with it. And you know, I was joking. It was like, finally, you have become the woman I always thought I'd marry when I was ten, <laughs> who was obsessed with the '90s Bulls. Uh, you know. It's, it, it, it's because it, and again, I don't think, and we'll talk about this as we talk about the movie. In contrast to the movie we watched uh, this week, but it is fairly uncritical. Um, yeah, it's not really a hard-hitting type of thing. Uh, everyone gets to kind oh, of control the last, their own the last narrative. Dance the last not, dance, right? Uh, yeah. But that is okay. This is a. It's a story that is doesn't need to be tarnished with. Um, inconvenient truths. Yeah, and I think uh, I think starting with Jordan, and probably actually really starting with Magic and Larry Bird, like basketball, NBA basketball makes superstars better than any other sport. Like, oh, sure. It, like, and I mean, even to the early '90s. I mean, again, you may remember my favorite my favorite player of all time is Akeem Olajuwon. Man, I love right. Akeem. I mean, draft was the awesome, but but. The, Yes, and and that's how good he was, and that no one ever criticizes that, even though Jordan right. is literally the greatest player who's ever played. My point they did being, not like, throw that pick away. I mean, I, they get no. the, they got two titles. Well, it was a Sam Bowie, <laughs> right? Uh, but the point being, I mean, in the '90s, everyone had a favorite basketball player. Like, and we were in Iowa, where most people it was Jordan, but like. You could have, you could like John Starks or right. or, or Ewing on the or Patrick Ewing on the Knicks uh, and Isaiah Thomas on the Pistons and Reggie Miller on the Pacers and like they're just like the NBA just makes stars because 
they can they show their, helmets. Like they can show the, they can show their personality again there's no helmet yeah. it is like there's only five players on the court at a time like you know who the you know alpha dog playing is i mean it's just a much more way easier way to connect with a certain person and their personality uh, i also think probably the nba you know allows that more than baseball does for example uh, and definitely for, than football and to yeah. me the problem with football is there's only really one position that you that there's one position that rules them all. So if you're not that position, you've got to do, you've got to be a receiver who can be, you know, who does a bunch of antics. That's the only way you even get sure. famous. Like, whereas again, Hakeem Olajuwon is a Muslim. All right. <laughs> he mm-hmm. was Muslim sinner, but was also a huge star that some kid in Des Moines <laughs> idolized. Right. right? So, well, it's uh, basketball's so, biggest benefit is, you know, uh, Mike Trout can't, who, by the way, has not a fraction of the pop culture um, <laughs> no. uh, infiltration that LeBron James does, to say nothing of Michael Jordan, but he can't bat before and after himself. Uh, Tom Brady yeah. can only be on the field when the offense has the ball. Uh, but Michael Jordan can get the ball when he needs to. I mean, you can always pass to him. Well, I think the other thing, and the other thing about like you mentioned Tom Brady, Tom Brady's the only thing close to Michael Jordan that there's been since him, uh, unless we want to talk about Tiger Woods, which is a different thing, uh, who probably is also equivalent, but like in terms of a team sport. But the thing is, in football, I feel like we have teams we love and hate more than in basketball. In basketball, like everyone became Thunder fans when they had Russ, you know, Russ and Durant playing. Like, People just love the players in the NBA more than the teams, I think, whereas there's no way I'm ever going to root for Tom Brady or the New England Patriots. <laughs> and I think ever. that's true for most of America outside of New England. <laughs> and I think that part of that comes from, you know, a, we did grow up in a place that doesn't have professional sports and our baseball fandom was caked into our DNA. And I certainly have thoughts and opinions on every single uh, Major League Baseball team. If I were a diehard basketball fan, and I and I love basketball, and um, but I don't, I you know I, I feel nothing about the Orlando Magic or the, the Charlotte uh, Charlotte Hornets and on and on. Uh, even Western Conference teams, which I should have more rooting interest in, you know I I don't. I'm neutral on the Portland Trailblazers, uh, you know, and which I wouldn't be for any baseball team. And I think that's, uh, I, I think it's true what you're saying. And it's also actually a relevant point to the movie we're talking about today in which there are all kinds of sports memor- uh, uh, in the nineties. If you didn't have four or five starter jackets of five or six different teams, <laughs> you know, uh, you weren't doing it right. No, like I mentioned Last Dance because this mo- this movie is in many ways the opposite of The Last Dance, but a lot of ways the same in that it takes place in a similar time frame and also a time frame when you and I growing up. So, I mean, I felt like I connected with extremely personally. Uh, and so you tell us about it. Well, it's 1994's Hoop Dreams, a documentary that follows two Cabrini Green um, uh, middle schoolers uh, who – are recruited for basketball purposes uh, to a, a private high school. Uh, one does very well, both academically initially and uh, on the basketball court, and the other uh, stumbles a bit and is deemed ineligible, or you know, it, um, can't make it, not, can't make his payments, uh, and ends up in a pri- in a public high school in Chicago, uh, and then they're they're. Uh, we'll talk about the plot a little bit, but the the their fortunes totally reverse, and the movie takes this really wild ride. Um, and it's really at the heart of it, though, are two inner city Chicago kids and their families, uh, all hoping uh, of making it to the NBA and, and joining Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas and uh, some of the stars we've talked about. Yeah, I mean this movie created the phrase hoop dreams <laughs> right uh, or at least popularized it in in contemporary culture this movie changed the way they do the best documentary oscar <laughs> it definitely did and we'll talk about that quite because well, I'm sure right because it did not get nominated <laughs> no uh, not, not and it was supposed category. to be 
It was supposed, yeah, but it was and it was supposed to be a thirty-minute special on PBS. <laughs> yes, and instead, it's a three-hour, six-year. I mean, it really spans seven or eight years from when these uh, these kids, William yes. Gates and Arthur argue- Agee, uh, are eighth graders through their their college careers. Yeah, well, the college careers are just in a footnote, but it does at least go through enough that we know what happened to them in college. Definitely, definitely uh, their freshman year in college, you you, you follow along. Yeah. Uh, and just like the movie we did previously, Giant, this movie is three hours long. Yeah. Uh, and I again suggest watch it in two or three settings, and it won't seem that long, and you can easily do that. <laughs> I... You know, I did watch this in one setting. Uh, I was planning on not doing that, but I couldn't stop myself. I mean, it just really oh, is Oh, it's hard to stop. Yeah. It is very hard to stop. No, uh, which I don't always do for these movies we're watching. I had Julie watch it with me, and she freaking loved it. I mean... She had not uh, seen it before? She had not seen it before. You had I, seen it and before, I'm not of sure. course. I am not sure. I think I saw it before, but what I do know I did, and I have a distinct memory of this, is I did a book report on the novelization of it in, I remember I you having that book. I, what? Yes. The novelization it was the great, I mean, it's, yes, it's the novelization of a documentary, which, <laughs> what does that mean? I mean, that just right. sounds like nonfiction, Correct. Uh, which was my argument. Cause I remember, I think I got a little bit into trouble that like, I wasn't supposed to be reading novelization. I feel like I somehow convinced my teachers it was fine because it was a hard hitting documentary or something. Uh-huh. Uh, but I can tell you my takeaway as a kid is not exactly the right takeaway. The main takeaway – my takeaway was, man, knee injuries are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I think I, I, is I, still a part of the movie. But like that – I just remember being so sad when the knee injury happened that he wouldn't be able to play. And that is certainly true. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, that's certainly a message of this is like – these kids are putting everything they can to get out of the ghetto on becoming an NBA star. And then if, a, if their knees go out, well then, you know, what happens? But we could have at that age in our situation, it's a totally different world from, from, you know, Iowa, uh, to, you know, the, the, the projects of Cabrini green. I mean, the, that's I think one of the, this what's so great about this movie and movies generally is not that I understand what it's like to grow up different from anyone other than myself, but you do get a little window into a world that is often portrayed, uh, but not either flatteringly or realistically, or you know is skewed in a certain way. And obviously, even documentaries can be skewed and uh, and, and politicized and all that kind of thing. Uh, but what I what I return to this movie time and time again is not be not necessarily because I've grown to love basketball more, although I have uh, from when I was a kid, uh, but because it it reminds me of the different layers of humanity even within this country, from class, from race, from uh, you know privilege and all these sort of things. You know, it's Roger Ebert said yeah. it's the greatest movie he's ever seen on American Life. And it's hard to argue with that. No, I very much, you know, so we say this is a basketball movie and it, I think it has to be classified as a sports movie. Uh, yeah. Just because we'll talk about have, that a little you do bit have later. This building up, you, you, you have a building up to the big event uh, that then takes place. So like that, but I mean, I honestly, like we talked about, you know, again, our last movie feeling modern, like this felt so modern. I realized it was, only late eighties, early nineties, but that is a long time ago. And there are parts of it. They're like, man, this is so nineties. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, including the, including the theme song, but like yeah. the, you know, the detail they get into and just like the little ways they do. It, I mean, it literally reminded me of the wire. <laughs> uh, and that which, I'm not watched, but I, I'm not that, that I've heard that, uh, yeah. comparison uh, of just like, you know, this is about basketball, but it's really about, like you said, like, well, like, a greater man than you, Roger Ebert said, American life. Sure. Uh, and for that to be happening in the early nineties, I mean, I just think is, you know, it's amazing. Uh, well, and, and, you want and, to talk and about, what the sad part is how little of it has changed though. <laughs> right. Or has gotten worse. I mean, the critique yeah. of the movie, if there is, it, the movie is wonderful because there's not really heroes and villains. Although I don't know. Still talking Coach, about, Ping's, I mean, Coach Ping's kind of a villain. 
and yeah, and well, and well, I want to talk about Gene Pingator, uh, who, yeah. who says if you just work hard, you'll be a star. Uh, but if it's critical of anything, I think there's a wonderful moment at the end when the uh, the the scout who scouted these kids as grade schoolers has come back into their yeah. lives to sort of check on them yeah. when they're seniors in high school. And he has this self-reflective moment where he's like, I'm just not sure that, you know, I've always done the best thing for these kids uh, because sending both of yeah. them to St. Joseph's, the, the, the private Academy has huge life altering implications for both of them for good and for bad. Uh, and you know, I think that's, I don't think that's gotten any less or that it hasn't started any earlier or, uh, or anything like that. Yeah, no. And, and it doesn't, it's not like, I, I I think it's relatively generous to St. Joseph's that really doesn't deserve it though. You still, although they, they they come off well, that's for sure. And they, they, I mean, but, and they sued for that purpose. Really? I mean, that makes sense. Like they do not come off well at all. (laughs) And including coach Pingator. Who died last year, by the way, or the year before. Yeah. Coach Pingator died last year. Hello? How long ago? Yeah, yeah, I'm starting again. Sorry, where do you want to... Uh, we can... I mean, I can splice together. Well, the... the and no, they don't come off very well. The school did sue with Pingator as part of the suit. You start whenever you're uh, but I, ready. Again, I think there's sympathy even for them. Some of the coaches say this, including Kevin O'Neill, the Marquette coach, who comes off pretty well. I mean, Marquette does honor their commitment to William in terms of uh, maintaining his scholarship. Uh, Kevin O'Neill, who is not a very distinguished, uh, as it turned yeah. out, oh, winning coach, against? but he is pretty slick in those. <laughs> oh, I mean, sorry, he's okay. pretty good you, at the recruiting. Just say that again. <laughs> uh, he sells Marquette really well, and you right. can see that, that sort of hook. Uh, but he says it, and I think this is one of the theme of the movies, we got to win or we lose our jobs. And there is this element of the grind yes, of capitalism and i and i don't think it's necessarily an anti-capitalist yeah. movie but i also think of the recruiter at the mineral college the the, the junior college that arthur goes to yes who just seems so tired and bored and is like i don't care if you sign or not um you know it, it, right and you're just it, you know, it's a, there is this element of just gristmill, move them through. And then Pingator says it, which I think is, is probably the most damning quote he says after right. when, when William has graduated and is they're leaving, you know, he has this kind of moment where he's like, you could have been great. And I think you had a great time while you were here. And then as soon as they, they yeah. are shooting the breeze a little bit and he acts like he likes him. And I think that is genuine. Yeah. But as soon as he leaves, he says, you know, one goes out the door and then comes he's got, he's got the, the that's just how bikini clad girl on his poster uh, behind him. And just, <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's just such a weird thing to say at that very moment. Uh, but he, throughout the movie, he says oh, contradictory yeah. oh, things, I wrote that down. <laughs> even within the, the same sentence where he'll say, you know, grades are the most important part of being, uh, you know, a part of that school. Uh, but then also you got to spend all your time on, on playing basketball. Uh, and then, you know, we need you, Hey, William, we need you to play hard all the time. Unless, of course, you're going to re-injure yourself, in which case you shouldn't be playing. I mean, and then I love the the halftime speech. I wrote that down like, we got to go out there and murder him and kill him. uh, him Followed by the most half-hearted Hail Mary of all (laughs) half-hearted Hail Marys. (laughs) It it seems like such an obligation to even lead them on this this sham prayer. Uh, But I, I... Yeah, and my note is literally most half-hearted hail mary I've ever seen. (laughs) Yeah, 
who who and we have absolutely breezed our way through some confessions in which I was was skipping words, but this was this takes the cake, man. So yes, it's very clear that while he's saying grades are important and that you need to respect your health, no, I, I, I he's knew, really like, saying, I knew you were going to mention that. Uh, I, I mean, I've written down. I need you to win and play as hard as you can. The most half-hearted of all time. That. And that's what's so heartbreaking about this. William Gates clearly had the ability to be an NBA player. Uh, he was on exactly. that trajectory completely. <laughs> and I, what you uh, say is something for two Catholic kids. You know, his, there's his a lot of half-hearted or, 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 or a knee or you know, any, you know, whatever just kept him from doing that. And that happens thousands of times a year in high school kids or college kids. Just kept him from getting that. Uh, you know, this is not in the movie, but we were talking about Michael Jordan. He worked out with Michael Jordan to help Jordan get back into shape for the Washington Wizards. Uh, and Jordan was so impressed with them that he wanted to give him a tryout, and he injured himself the night before, the week before, some sort of heartbreaking timeline uh, before. Uh, you know, so it, it it it's clear he has all the talent in the world, and and Arthur probably also just as talented, but maybe he's three inches too short, or you know, that's the you you hear these stories of. Uh, these great players, and a lot of them, including Michael Jordan, will end up with a, a growth spurt uh, somewhere in high school or college. Anthony Davis, I think, went from like six one to six eight, like between his sophomore and junior year, which is why he's such a great ball handler for a big guy. Uh, if that doesn't happen, you know, uh, really, <laughs> yeah, true, it's true. Uh, but it's not just – I mean, we've sort of hit on this. I mean, the basketball element is exciting, and there are moments in which you are on the edge of your seat in terms of are they going to make free throws or are they going to make comebacks, and all that's very exciting. But the, the drama of the families yeah. and the – you know, just the – is where the heart of the movie is. And I think the, really? the real heart – <laughs> It, there may not be villains or straight villains in my mind, but there is a hero, and her name is Sheila Agee. Yeah. Well, at least speaking of, of Arthur moms. has a huge – I mean, Arthur goes from boy to man-child in this movie. Uh, she's, uh, she, she's not as personable. I mean, uh, you can – and this is true of Arthur too. They're both shy. You can get a sense of – of context shifting or that they're not really themselves even in front of the camera, even as they loosen up a little bit, uh, you know, and you see how he is with yeah. coach Pingator, both of them, you know, they're, 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 they've got to be different people among their friends. Uh, and I think that Mrs. Gates is just a little less uh, gregarious. But <laughs> Sheila Agee. Hail you know, Sheila, for sure. I, I feel like the if, other moms doesn't get as much One of the lines time, in the movie is Sheila. when they go out the door, a new one comes the in the door. Uh, when she breaks down <laughs> yeah. and asks the filmmakers, do you ever wonder sometimes how I am living, yeah. how my family is living? Uh, we do wonder. I mean, they're living on $248 a month yeah. or something, and there's four or five of them. And, uh, you know, it, it, you see this really painful scene in which the lights have been turned off and they've got a camping lantern and, and the shame on, on Arthur's face. You know, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but there, there's. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I think you know, you said you know this. Maybe it's not necessarily anti-capitalist. It's not, but it, I think certainly a big message of it too that it's portraying is right. These kids, they're no. They they're, look up to Isaiah Thomas, who came from that area, right? They look up to Michael Jordan. They uh, they love Georgetown. Georgetown was pretty cool at the time. <laughs> but yeah. I'm just saying they have so many they, they George, so Georgetown they stuff. Don't have I'm saying they look up of, well, they don't to really these athletes because 
And the so only to try to navigate famous, them in successful a way that black is safe and profitable or entertaining. And the one thing they can do is play basketball. So like their only way out so is by playing basketball or by uh, selling drugs. You know, and, and, and you really have to commit both of these kids. Of the game. I think as far as we can tell, they don't ever struggle period, with maybe selling drugs. William. Uh, in which they're just it's not a super, I, mean, I feel like the part where Arthur talks about, yeah, we the, yeah, the drug dealers give us just, money so we can it's look not what good, they like anymore. you know, while we play basketball and uh, like that we remember that them or something. Cost, I was like, I mean, that's like the world they grew up in. Confidence completely with the the injury, and I don't think he did really regain it until after college. And he did play four years for Marquette, or for you know a lot of time at a, a big time school, um, you know. And so you do, yeah. I, think mm-hmm. de- I don't know if Arthur does, but definitely William. <laughs> yeah, I think they've maintained. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think they've maintained uh, yeah, Arthur I think, I think as far quit, as I can he tell. Quit and his came back. career has uh, been. I, I read. I don't. I don't uh, mean this but, negatively, but yeah. Uh, by the way, there's on YouTube. Off there's a few it's, things it's like interviews with them. The as adult, you know, now uh, uh, there's you know, a pretty uh, good with them both together. It's just kind of cool to see them like hanging out yes. and complimenting each other, and and of course, what they're mainly talking about is these kids today with their AAU basketball, That's and they're like Missouri, they mainly want to talk about the kids today exactly and their basketball. Where? How Saxton? it was different for them that they were street. You know, they had to do that. Okay, so we'll stop the St. Louis, uh, yeah. You know, still a lot of posturing, but it was, I don't know, it was pretty cool to see. Uh, but, but yeah, and, and uh, you know, William became a, a preacher. Uh, he now is an AAU basketball coach. And uh, Arthur has done some motivational speaking and uh, uh, is basically he played, at, he played at Arkansas State, merchandise, a D1 school. Uh, from the movie. Uh, after getting out of mineral, Mineral College. You you know where mineral, mineral area college is, don't you? It's out, it's outside Farmington, so it's just a little bit south of. Yeah. How was it? <laughs> yeah. Ah uh, yeah yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. yeah. Curtis, Bo Ag, Bo Ag, yeah, both of. Curtis was a yeah. also failed hoop dreamer. They're yeah. both so let's living talk about, their dreams through their yeah. no, that's their good. Son, uh, their family. So we've talked about what I'd say is the villain. Uh, Curtis also, had you definitely noticed Bo claims coach, he had pro coach Pinatore's vanity plate. I don't right? think anyone really believes that. Um, Ping, you know, Bo, yeah, his own name is Arthur's own vanity plate. Is also uh, an interesting. I think is one. Uh, let's talk about. I'd say the two tragic figures and, and its warmth of the movie, people, which would be yeah, he leaves William's the family brother and leaves them very much in the lurch. Arthur's and dad at, at Sheila's lowest point. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, is in and out of, out of jail. There are drugs involved, uh, and then comes back and does seem legitimately changed and better. Uh, but the anger is still there. Arthur is not uh, immediately accepting. And when they have that remarkable yeah. one-on-one game late in the movie, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of emotions being – a lot of therapy being executed on that, uh, that park. Uh, William and Kurt – right. Uh, and it, yeah. you know, it's what's remarkable about that scene is the it's not uncomfortable for the the the, the rest of the family who is sort of is turning therapy into a an a spectator sport, which is is uh, I think you know good and interesting. Anyway, Curtis and William have a really good relationship, yeah. although William seems to sometimes have too much pressure oh on gosh. his brother, yeah. and his brother has a lot of self-esteem issues based on, you know, what he feels like. He threw away his shot. He, you know, he can barely hold a job. And I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't take, it doesn't take shape. Floyd to tell you what uh, that basketball you know, game was I, about. <laughs> oh, well, it, it seems to be more, Correct. Curtis knows Curtis would be a thousand uh, a thousand record in terms of uh, coaching. Uh, but the and this is one of the places where 
a documentary can sometimes hit way harder than a fiction film. Both of those men were murdered violently. Um, Right. But his his brother's Uh, brother's post-game commentary is great. (laughs) Curtis has always Curtis has always got complaints. <laughs> yeah, very. And what what we are looking, you know, we talk. Uh, this movie is only twenty five years old, which yeah. in the span of movies is not that long. But you do have to watch it. What I think was so different from if it was being made now, and especially in what difference. And we'll talk about some differences between it and uh, I know the last I, dance, but. I, it, that's not said in the movie because it doesn't happen it until doesn't like 2001 for both things. of them. But yeah, it, there's no dun dun dun. There's no mean, stings. Because like both, you know, there, and, and there's like not both, a, even the, a whole scene, lot of like uh, on the basketball court where then both walks off to you know, buy where, drugs. Uh, I mean, that part to me is the most heartbreaking shot of the movie. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's my favorite scene. It is the absolutely the best part of the movie. Yeah. No. You just... Well, it shows it doesn't tell. I mean, you... The funny thing, you would think no, a documentary like, like, about right, it's just like, private oh, zoo and the, your narrator says, and Bo large you know, got arrested and did this. Would be mainly visual. And then, like, afterward, and, but, so, and Julie picked up on this when Tiger King, Sheila you graduates. You can be on your phone and watch uh, Tiger King. you could argue is the best part of the movie. It's people talking uh, about each other. Uh, Julie pointed out really that Bo is not there. Is, is and then, it is, you know, a little again, bit later, they, they say, oh, well, Bo and Sheila are separated again. But if you're not actually engaged The way it tells, like, the story of Bo, and the way it tells all their stories, I mean, you have never usually actually tell the story. No idea that Sheila is studying to be, is in these classes, and then she's the top of her class, and that's the... I love sports more than, you know, love, love, love sports. But you do have to question a society's priorities uh, where that uh, achievement is not at least equal with with making the game-winning free throw or or taking the, the team downstate. Yeah. Right. That is crazy. That is... Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that part of, I mean, just... But just saying for you and me, like growing up, the thought of maybe celebrating, you know, getting a, you know, a degree from the community center later as being a big mm-hmm. deal. Like to us growing up in middle class, you know, everything, everything's, you know, we're not worrying about money every day. We're not worrying about danger. That doesn't, wouldn't right. seem like that big a deal to us. But then you watch this and you see, it and you see you, like, right, they celebrate out, getting to eight, the eight, their 18th birthday. Right, to, there's these huge again, parties because like they made it. Invalidate our right? experiences, and, that's, and you're just you and you feel it with them. You're like, yes, this is great. Fact that going to college uh, and that and surviving just talking with to you know, Julie, my wife, who's a teacher, the bare minimum expectation, kind of an achievement that that was expected. the rest on this test is ACT score, you know, for them. Which is like not their priority, and it's obviously not the coach's priority because the coaches assume well they can do that, but like they haven't been dickish. Thinking about test how to take tests, being taught how to take tests, and it doesn't come naturally to them, you know? He's like, well, if you work as hard as and this, it just you, you off. your jump shot. And you were missing a bunch of those this year. And I'm like, come on, guy. No. Uh, but it does, it, but it just reinforces that for many, many people, the only value that William and Arthur represent are their ability to put a ball in a hole. And the the, the the Marshall coach, the 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 public high school yeah. coach, he 
<laughs> ACT guy. I, I am yeah. shipping those two, by the way. I mean, I, Bo has a great... Yeah. Bo has a great uh, redemption. I know. Arc, I know. But, like, um, and, you know. May he rest in peace, but I am shipping those two. And yeah. he, he says it right. He says, look, if he'd been a better basketball player, he'd still be – they would have figured it out, as they do with, with William, who gets a sponsor. And it's hard not to – and that is great – it's hard. I don't want to be critical of the sponsor, the the Encyclopedia Britannica people who so pay for. Say, so so um, Sheila is the but heroine. Hey, there's something on the Marshall about coach that is the too. hero. That guy is uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, and it's a, but at the same time, right again. It, it's yeah. a, that's why it, it's a very complicated movie. Yeah. It's a, a, as race and class is. I mean, even in three hours, you can't fully explore that issue uh and it is correct well at mineral at the at the college that arthur goes to he said there's seven black students oh very much so rich white people come and shaking you know his poor black kids Uh, hand only because he's good at basketball segregation is not the word but but they are doing good like an element of of cultural or or social uh almost that social distancing just out of out of sheer reflex these days but of of of, of, of a difference yeah Julie was so, point, like Julie was talking uh, about like all the St. Joseph's games so like, onions, look at that there's the five starting black so kids and then it's a bunch they, it's just they a, knew it's they just had a gym full of white people than they thought they were going to <laughs> and it is it's breathtaking to watch yeah in this tiny house yeah yeah Shannon bad influence man Yeah. There is an element of Yeah. Yeah, and I appreciate the Marshall coach cuz the Marshall coach also tells how it is with Arthur. He's like, "Look, Arthur can right. be better, but he loses focus." Like, he doesn't work hard enough. He's hanging out with that Shannon kid, like, and he shouldn't be. Like, like the Marshall guy, like, the Marshall guy, you're just, like, you're just, like, that guy, That is every public, you know, inner city right. coach ever. He's like, I've seen it all. I know it all. I know what this kid's going to do. He's not going to listen to me, but I got to try. Like, uh, and he does. And, he, like, he gets it. And, like, and I do like also right. that. Correct. And let's talk about kind of the Indian big game. So, like, even though how it goes, like the, we don't get the Marshall coach saying, yeah, and Arthur brought it all together. Like, no, he didn't really. <laughs> uh, right. Because I mean, sports that's, and good things the, happened, the, but it wasn't all just because Arthur like, takes willed himself to win and become a better person. Like, I think that's the other thing is that Arthur and William are not balance. angels. We're not looking at these, oh, look, these poor kids that would be perfect. Like, no, they're realistic dreams. You have to know the back of mind. If they're going to start making millions of dollars, that's good for everybody. And then you'll well, see anyway, that William a, has a baby. It is a great 16. movie. And you, you mentioned it earlier. It, <laughs> you know, it totally uh, and so it's not the saying way, like all oh, these kids deserve uh, to be praised Academy, as heroes too. That's like uh, voted on, just, on like, documentaries. These are, you know, these are kids, Academy, and these are all these things being put on them. This is telling. This movie is the seventeenth greatest documentary according to Sight and Sound magazine, yeah. which is the most respected film magazine uh, in the world. Yeah. They made a list of the 50 greatest documentaries. Like I said, this one is 17. Yeah. Um, of the 56 movies on the top 50 because of ties in the voting, um, only nine movies are nominated for Oscars of the 56, six of which were after Hoop Dreams, i.e. the rule changes, and none of the top 10, which is – now, this is not quite apples to apples if you look at a, a top 100 list of of best fiction movies because obviously a movie can be nominated for more than one category. We're basically just talking about one category here. Uh, but still there are m- many more than, uh, than nine movies on the top hundred list that are nominated for other Oscars. It's if you look at the list of Oscar winners and documentaries, yeah. it's a, it's especially before 1994 an uninspiring uh, history channel sort of talking heads uh, kind of category. The, the voters, 
were very incestuous. <laughs> in fact, the the winner in 1994 uh, was directed by the head of yeah. the the voting guild, who did step down for that year. But everybody knows. I mean, they know each other, and they yeah. watch the movies together. And so, yes, yeah, she took herself out of the running as a voter. But everyone was like, "I want to," you know, she's my friend. Uh, and so they they it wasn't just. Uh, uh, Hoop Dreams, another very good documentary called Crumb came out in 1994 and was also uh, snubbed. So uh, this was right for it. And I also, I mentioned Roger Ebert. Siskel and Ebert spent huge swaths of time in 94 talking up this movie um, and railing against the Academy for snubbing it. Jeez. And that sort of public pressure forced <laughs> Um, yeah. the the academy to yeah. change how they do things, and it has been a little more equanimable uh, since yeah. then in terms of um, more compelling movies. Their thought was this is a huge movie as a documentary. At the time, it was the highest grossing documentary ever released. Uh, it doesn't need our help, uh, which is in a certain sense noble, but in another sense a. a a miscarriage of what they're supposed to be doing, which is honoring the best movie. Right. Cause again, they, they, the, the committee also said it was just simply too long. The irony there is that it was the Oscar. It was nominated for is for editing. So if editors can agree that it's the proper length, uh, then it, it can't be too long. So, uh, Anyway, if you look at a list of great documentaries, you're not going to find the Academy very far uh, or very much. And that's that's changed. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Right. Then I would say oh. th- then the nominated for best picture, if you care that if that's what you think. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Right. Uh, Juwan Howard. And I think I saw Jalen Rose too. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see him. Yeah. Uh, and I know this is. So, two isn't, things I want to talk about uh, first this is isn't part of the, the, NBA, the, the Nike, Nike basketball camp. camp. But that entire it has to be said, is just, just Isaiah glorious, Thomas glorious nineties movie. I mean, the short shorts. Is for two. You got Dick Vitale. Looking you got Coach K. You got Bobby Knight. You got John Thompson. You got Spike Lee. In the last uh, dance, and then uh, Jordan hated him. So did you know? Much, but he did you notice off, the former? I mean, the future he, he, NBA he stars that were players. But he, you look. Yep, John Howard, Jalen Rose. But he. Yep, Jalen Rose is there. I looked it up. It said supposedly Chris Webber's in there, but I did not see Chris. I did not notice him, but I definitely noticed Jalen Rose and Juwan Howard. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> and but I'm saying I don't know if he. Well, I. Uh, he looks disconnected. He seems uh, like it's been a long I don't think time it's this since one. He's, he's definitely the villain in like the last dance, which, by but, the way, which it is funny yeah, watching and, this. And the last like, dance I was watching this and hearing all stuff about Isaiah Thomas in the news again. Guys in their houses. Watching this, in which uh, Isaiah, the to me, Isaiah Thomas come from, this is like from backgrounds he is like this. That they the, are not like that anymore. The rock paperweight, paperweight and parasite. Like he is. Who of course loves basketball? Motif of this movie, like, exactly like Isaiah Thomas represents uh, success. He probably they always show that well cut out of the anybody. school. Like I mean, he is like an integral part of this movie. <laughs> and I don't. And he. And, right. and when he's there in person, I don't think he comes off that bad. <laughs> well, he's in the NBA. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, and again, everything Spike Lee said is only more true today. <laughs> well, one guy says uh, it's, be- like, I mean, it's becoming a meat market. Just now trying and it to is be, a meat like, market now. The NCAA is finally, trying to, is finally acknowledging of like, yeah, you know, we're using all these black kids while, the, while we all get rich off of them, but we don't play the, but we can't pay them because that would, you know, somehow ruin everything. Uh, 
but it's also interesting to me because like like that the Nike camp, you know, they talk, you know, they kind of show it and like show how it's kind of a weird deal. But like that Correct. is now like that's how it all is now. It's not just the Nike camp. There's all these other camps. It's all AAU. Like it's actually not even part of the high school anymore. Like uh, like it's only gotten worse. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, like you do. Right, you got right. No, you I mean, know it doesn't you, mean anything, really. Yeah, and that he's already sort of proven himself. Right, exactly. But, and there's also uh, this weird. Like, if you're not at those Nike camps, then you know you don't it, even it, matter it, now. You get uh, not so much William, but and so then right, so then we do have. It's good to see Coach Pingatore trying to go downstate, trying to go champagne, as opposed uh, to being on the sidelines. William, and, who we think for sure he's going to do it, yeah. right? They, their team doesn't, but it just never worked out for us. Scratch what he wanted from. And from Arthur make this, you know, came oh so close. They make this amazing yeah, you, run you to the championship invested, game. And, I and even though, understood right, this movie is telling me I really care shouldn't care. High school sports, man, I really um, want them to win. Like you care about it you, so much. <laughs> if they don't have kids in, you know, involved, uh, but yeah. it, it has some of that power and that pull. No, I did, except that it's just a great, great movie. Yeah. Yeah, no, you you feel you feel so bad for William. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Bam, 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 bam. All right, anything else? We need a return uh, of awkward stages, which I think you know, Instagram and, you know, like pre uh, My only two random thoughts. First of all, why among, so, among many, young so many teams had this but, uh, ugly mustard yellow? Uh, it really bothered me. I was like, was this just a thing in the early 90s? Uh, also, freaking loved the <laughs> – they switched to a game, a, one of the St. Joe's games and – these dorky kids oh, are right playing I mean, on the piano. They're playing Rock and Roll Part Two. You really want to be interested in, in movies, <laughs> and especially pretty, documentaries. That, yeah. You can't <laughs> avoid this one. <laughs> oh man, that was fantastic! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, all right, we can get to our assessments. I mean, sports movies are hard to define. Of, is the right movie, wrong I'm movie. I'm going to take it as uh, a movie where pretty the obvious main both character on the side of this is, the right is movie. not only an athlete or involved with sports, uh, but that's part of his identity. Um, and in that, yeah, I mean, I think it's like it's a great documentary. It's a great sports movie. It's a great assessment uh, of, human, of American life. Uh, well, it's a great invalidate high school my number movie. five I mean, pick, <laughs> which is Fat City. Uh, it does it all. And uh, it's fun to watch. It stars Stacey uh, Keach as a boxer. Okay, so uh, John give me Houston your top movie. five, Nick. A lot of, top five sports boxing. movies. There are three boxing movies on my top five uh, because they're, they're very cinematic in that there's the... the, the right, because number four is Rocky. Um, yes, and I would. Which is I was a, thinking of this. Which is to me has, the, is very the, sentimental. Like a defining character looks a little there has now, to be a harder edges defining sports moment for. in the movie. Uh, and uh, right, right. Yeah. Correct. But he's good in the movie. He's good. Yeah, I, I would have two boxing in my top five, which and are probably it, the same. It also other suffers two its uneven sequels. Yep, definitely. Tarnish it a little bit, which is unfair. Uh, number three is Bull Durham. Uh, best baseball movie, hands down. Uh, you know, a great romantic comedy, such as it is. As I well. think it's just become so cliched. Uh, I mean, people don't realize the, movie we're talking the training about right sports montages all come from Rocky. Uh, and but number at one the is time, that would just been awesome. I mean, the running up the steps. I mean, like it's just been so long, and you know, and you can make still, an argument that Randy's kind of a character. You can himself make an now. argument like, that all except watching Rocky, Rocky for the first time is a, is a good time. Four of the I mean, five of those aren't sports. It's a pretty amazing movie, including Bull Durham. Um, which does play a lot like a romantic comedy. And Hoop Dreams, as we've been talking about, is about American life and all these other yeah. things. Raging Bull is about jealousy and, and control yep. and uh-huh. all these other things. Uh, but I yep. – and I can make a different list 
Mm-hmm. Right. I, and I agree because sports are a reflection of society in a certain sense. And I also just, you know, I. Uh, yep. I, I figured you put Rachel like Gould and I dreams, had uh, Gould come at me. Sure. Uh, I don't really care for Major League. Um, and, you know, Yeah. It's uh, I hate yeah. that movie. I hate that movie. I that's I, the I, best kind of sports that, movie. And I heard that it, it it avoids some of the mawkish sentimentality that the movie has, but that's not here nor there. <laughs> yeah. Look. Yeah. Uh, Look, I yeah, actually, I, I mean, I, I like, it's yeah. funny, I was actually going to mention Major League, Similar would have been my top 10, not my top 5, I definitely like Major League. Also, as an Iowan, I mean, uh, Fields of Dreams is all we have, man. Like, <laughs> how, how? <laughs> it's a great book, by the way. <laughs> Correct. They would. They would. They do. And we'd, you know, we were watching the last dance tonight. Uh, my uh, my addition to your top five for not being so political. Ben's pity pick uh, for top five would be Karate Kid, which is a pure sports movie. will endure forever uh, in a way that maybe even Michael Jordan will not, and it's because he he took a stand. And Moses was like, "I'm not sure about that," and I said, "Okay," and and I'm not. I mean, I don't. I can't see a time in which pop right. culture won't recognize Michael Jordan as no, well. No, if an alien but just judges by Ali movies, they would think that boxing is the big, most popular sport than in America. His sport is, and I asked her to name like they, any they boxer, still make any boxing movies. Boxer. I mean, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, I can't. I don't think I can name you five. Uh, but Muhammad Ali is as famous as anybody, and it is. And of course, he sacrificed so much for that uh, in a way that it's hard to ask uh, a Michael Jordan to do the same. But uh, anyway, it's just another way in which sports really is culture, and that's why I think you, you movies can uh, reflect that, and Hoop Dreams certainly does. All right. Oh, yeah, it was a great one. Thanks for talking with me, Nick. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll catch you on the next podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend. But...